Another public service announcement from Brill Cream. Finally, someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey, uh, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Just Radio. <laughs> The complete solution for your home PC. Fucking water, man. Lady Burn. That's my spec. That's your spec. Lady Burn. Me. Come on, man. Come on, man. What's that Cheech guy do? That's Cheech Marin. When he's teaching those guys when he go to America, he's got the headband on. What up? What's he doing? You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what the fuck you thought. That's not a Cheech and Chong routine. Uh, yeah, up, that was, just Cheech was in it. Uh, Chong was in it. I don't know anything about it. Nash Bridges. <laughs> he was on Nash Bridges. That's right. Hey, good evening. Welcome to the Ravings of a Cloon on Jester Radio. You can call me Cookie. Roof is on fire. You might want to see to that. Let me check it out. You might want to go check that out. I'll go check. Hang on. Tell Bob to check it out. Hey, Bob. Fire extinguisher? It's we have Wednesday, one? March the 29th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Burn, motherfucker. Burn. Don't expect me to say that correctly again. It's what? It's, should I say it one last time? Well, we got 17 it's days It's Wednesday, tax March the 29th, the year of our Lord, 2006. 17 days. If you are if you live in America, before the uh, tax uh, thing. Yo, yo. <laughs> Although I don't uh, pay taxes. I oh, know. There are no taxes here. That's what I heard about that. That's another one of the reasons I had to get out of the United States. I understand. Fucking taxes was sick. They charge you fucking taxes for shit, and you don't even need the shit. And they say, oh, well, it's the government is for everyone. No, it's not. I mean, yeah, the government is for everyone, but that doesn't mean the government takes care of everyone. The government is not everyone's mommy. You know, imagine if you're in the um, gardener business. You're a gardener. You take care of people's homes. <laughs> and you have a trade group. Every major industry has these trade groups, right? Where they get together and talk about what's good for the gardening business and how the weather's going to be. And, mm-hmm. and maybe they make bulk purchases on gardening equipment that the whole you know, coalition can buy together and save. Maybe they can come to an agreement. This is my territory. I won't fuck unless I have a customer or make a referral if it's outside my area. Trade group. 
You know what I'm talking about. You've seen these things, right? Right. So imagine you get together and you have a trade group, and you know, then one day you go to the fucking trade group. You know, one of the, of course, one of the guys who's in the gardening business, he's like the president of the trade group. Right. He doubles as the president. It's not like his job, you know, but he does it like on a volunteer. Every year they pick somebody new, let's say. <laughs> so you go to the trade group one day and he goes, look, <clears throat> remember all that money everybody gave as dues last week so we could pay for the hall and we could pay for, you know, just the necessities, you know, mimeographing flyers and making phone calls and so on, just that minimum amount of money we charged you last week. Well, we used the money uh, because there's a couple down the block that was thrown out of their house that we happen to know, my wife and I. So we gave it to them. We thought that would be nice. So we're going to have to get some more money from you. (laughs) (laughs) I think two words would apply in a situation like this, and correct me if I'm wrong, new fucking president. Garden pick. Just fucking get another president. You didn't hire the guy to then tell you how to spend your money and then spend it without consulting you and then tell you he needs more money. It would be absurd. Such a situation could never stand. And yet, that's what you put up with every day. You hire these people to run your government. And what does run the government mean? Make the laws, enforce the laws, take out the garbage, protect the borders. You know. And then they turn into a charity organization, or then they turn into a fucking world domination club, (laughs) and you're footing the fucking bill. And they go, look, we had to go $12 trillion into debt to spend all the money that we didn't have. So you're going to have to pay for that. And when you go grow old and die, your children are going to have to pay for that. Bastards. Amazing what you fucking people put up with. How do they so spend money if it's 17 years? How do they spend the money that isn't there? You know, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how to do that. That's a good that. question. You know, it's against the law. Most people think if they write a check, they can tell somebody, oh, please don't cash it till Friday. I don't get paid till Wednesday, and it may not clear on Thursday. You know, people do that all the time. Right. Do you know that it's actually a federal law in the United States to write a check when you don't have that money in the bank? <laughs> it's a law. You can, go to che- you can go to jail. It's called kiting. You cannot, you're not allowed, when you get a checking account, there's a deal you're making with the bank. Don't write anything on paper that you don't have to cover in the bank. So you and I can never fucking get away with that. Say kiting? Kiting, kiting, like like flying a kite. Like if I say jewing, jewing the... It's not kiking. Oh, okay. (laughs) A lot of people confuse kiting with kiking. But kiking is when you, uh, I don't know, what is kiking? Kiking? It's like when you talk somebody down on a price. Mm-hmm. I've heard the expression, jewing him down. He jewed me down to 10 <laughs> bucks. Jewed me out of 20 bucks. <laughs> you, you know that one? Jewed yeah. me out of? I, I never heard that one. Oh, yeah. But jewed me down, I heard. <laughs> and then when I said to the guy, he what? <laughs> he changed it to chewed me down. Oh. I said, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think you can you chew somebody down. <laughs> <laughs> Such a playlist we have for you this evening and featuring the likes of Neil Diamond, the Zombies, Spencer Davis Group, Les McCann, Led Zepp, the Monkees, Dylan, Elvis. It's up to you to decide which. Elvis, Buffalo, Springfield, Beach Boys, so much more. Plus, we'll take a look at what's going on in that sick fucking world of yours and a little bit of what's going on in that sick fucking world of mine, Oy vey. 
as Grandma Jester would say. I have an important announcement before we go any further. I don't know if you know about this, Lord, but the second you left the studios to go back to your facilities, right? Uh, Sid the neighbor got the trivia question. Of course. Of course. Of course. Who else? So we got like 20 fucking wrong answers. <laughs> Some of them were pretty funny. But Sid the neighbor got the correct answer. We're going to get to that before uh, this set is through. Uh, let's turn our attention to the headlines now. The U.N. Security Council demanded today that Iran suspend your... You know, some people have suggested that we should start playing a little music at the beginning of the news. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking maybe like that theme song to um, Cool Hand Luke where they, that they play when they're digging the road, when they're working on the chain gang. Working on chain, right? It's got that kind of newsy, newsroom sound. What that uh, bing, bada, bing, 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 bada, bing, It sounds like okay. We just ran in with the news. <laughs> we've, been, we've been we've been working on this news since two o'clock this afternoon, but we're just running in. <laughs> <laughs> Introductions to Star Wars: The Empire. You know, that's good. I like yeah. that. <laughs> so we should do like a news sweeper. Huh, not a bad idea. Tell Bob. U.N. Security Council demanded today that Iran suspend uranium enrichment. Of course, everybody's in a terrible panic. Iran has suddenly discovered nuclear fission. And they, <laughs> and they decided they want it just like everybody else in the fucking world wants it. The only difference is they're insane from gonorrhea over there. So they've been quietly fucking making all kinds of uh, weird-ass comments over the past year or so. The president said... Um, that Israel needs to be wiped off the face of the map, which is what every Arab country feels. But the presidents don't come out and say it, unless you're the president of, you know, the Palestinians or the president of Iran. <laughs> Israel should be wiped off the face of the map, and we deserve to have nuclear energy. Those two things are scary because it makes you feel that the second they get nuclear energy, they're going to use it to develop nuclear weapons and they're going to fucking point that it is real which is like a half a block away <laughs> and they're just going to fucking nuke the shit out of israel of course it'll all be over before it starts you know if, you know what i mean so what do you think if nuclear they, uh, weapons can kill you know hundreds of thousands even millions of people in an instant do you think there'll be global retaliation against Iran? What's the do? difference? You know, I tell you, I do not want to be in that number. You know that song when the saints go marching in? Right. I do not want to be alive, man, when there's a nuclear bomb in the Middle East. I don't care who does it to who. Right. Because there will not be a safe patch of land to walk on this fucking green earth. And you so, know that's true. We need to find that cabin up in the mountains. That there won't be any cabin, there won't be any mountains. If we go to the Yukon, never nobody would ever think to send anything into the Yukon. Well, you may have a point there. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's not a desirable, but I'm telling you, man, it's not going to be a happy world to live in. You think it sucks to take a plane ride now? <laughs> First time the powerful body has directly, and what a joke, the UN came out. You know, if the world had a decent fucking agency of people that got together and said, this is how we the thoughtful folks on planet Earth, you know, feel towards this shit. That would be one thing. But this UN, man, they are just such a joke. They've really, you know, uh, gone downhill. First time the powerful body has directly urged Tehran to clear up suspicions that it is seeking nuclear weapons, Iran remained defiant. 
maintaining its right to nuclear power but insisting that it was committed to nuclear non-proliferation had no intention of seeking weapons of mass destruction. Pressure and threats do not work with Iran. Iran is a country that is allergic to pressure and to threats and intimidation, Iranian Ambassador Javad Zarif said. You imagine the fucking testicles on this motherfucker to say that they're allergic to pressure? Perimeter breach. Yeah, there's, don't worry about it, folks. We have a security <laughs> breach, but the, our security personnel is on it. Bob. Bob. Bob, wake up. <laughs> no, we have, our we have our security guard, Roscoe, is on it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, a scary fucking thought. It's a scary thought, man, that these people first, you know, they say, don't worry. Don't worry. We, 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 we only want nuclear weapons. I mean, we only want nuclear energies to provide energy. We're a poor country. And nuclear energy is very cost effective and all the poor people will benefit from nuclear energy. We're not interested in making bombs. In the fine print. Out of nuclear <laughs> energy. But then they go on to say, and by the way, <laughs> we're allergic to pressure. Thanks, Roscoe. <laughs> what a guy. We have absolutely no effect from threats and intimidation. Have a nice day. What bigger fucking chip could you possibly have on your shoulder to say such a thing? Are they the most powerful army in the world? Not to my knowledge. <laughs> Are they the most uh, independent financially? I don't think so. No, I think they're quite dependent on the rest of the world. Where do they fucking come off saying they're completely impervious to threats and intimidation? It just makes you want to threaten them, doesn't it? <laughs> calm when, down, when somebody, sir. Calm <laughs> down. <laughs> the worst, you know, Lord of, Lord of Sin, uh, by the way, hanging behind the glass with us this evening, um, we're talking the other day about the most annoying fucking thing is when a cop starts telling you to calm down. Nothing gets you more agitated <laughs> <laughs> than when they start saying calm down. Motherfucker, I'm Iranian <laughs> ambassador Javad Zarif said that he later added that Iran insists on its right to have access to nuclear technology for explicitly peaceful purposes. We will not abandon that claim to our legitimate right. The 15 and he makes a damn good argument, by the way. <laughs> Aside from the fact that they are committed to wiping a whole country <laughs> off the face of the earth, it does seem kind of fair to let them have nuclear energy. Right. The 15 Nation Council unanimously approved a statement that will ask the UN nuclear watchdog, the International Atomic Energy Agency, to report back in 30 days on Iran's compliance and demands to stop enriching uranium. Diplomats portrayed the statement which is not legally binding, by the way, as a first modest step towards compelling Iran to make clear that its program is for peaceful purposes. The Security Council could eventually impose economic sanctions, although Russia and China say they oppose such tough measures. It's always Russia and China without fucking fail. They're making money from those they guys. They get the number one... Uh, Oil import in both Russia and China are from Iran. And they're so, of course, they're the licking their balls. And yeah, of course, they sell them weapons and they sell them technology and they're in like Flynn with them. What a mess. In a world where hearing problems are real, 
Concerns are mounting, and lawyers are looking to make gadget providers liable. Apple Computer, the maker of the predominant iPod music player, has created new volume controls. They've been doing this in Europe for a while, where they, like, apparently one of the great things about the iPod is that it has enough volume. It's, you know, it's loud as shit, which is something really annoying about a lot of these portable stereo things, is that you just can't turn them up loud enough. But one of the nice things about the iPod is that it is loud enough. In Europe, its its peak volume is lowered. But they somebody makes like a patch you can download to your iPod, you know, and it'll get the volume back. Well, now they're doing the same thing in the United States. Apple issued a software update today for its recent iPod models, the Nano and the video-capable iPod, allowing users to set how loud their digital music players can go. So in this case, you could set the maximum. They're going to make a killing in replacing headsets. Parents can also use this. By the way, their headset, their little buds suck the beef. They're kind of fashionable to be seen with these white buds. But uh, if anybody's uh, anybody, then you got a pair of those Shure ER-220s, which go inside the ear canal. They cost like 200 bucks. They're teeny tiny, this like the size of earbuds, but they're like little cylinders made out of like soft you know, vinyl, and they go all the way inside your ear. It's kind of wacky when you try them on. But they're completely isolating, too. They're like wearing the best isolating headphones. So you can't hear shit. Nice. They're good for the airplane. And they're expensive. Um, Parents can also use a feature to impose maximum volume on their child's iPod and then lock it with a code. Sandy Leo, the uh, Fremont mother of two, welcomed the development, although she wants to see Apple eventually add the feature to the model she's got, which is the Shuffle. She had specifically avoided buying her children any kind of portable music or a CD player out of concern that they're going to damage their ears, but a friend gave a shuffle to each of her kids, 9 and 10, as gifts last year. It would be great if I can get the volume controls for them, too. Apple represents, uh, representative said uh, very little about why they made the change, issuing only a statement as the leading provider of digital music players. Apple continuously brings iPod customers innovative and easy-to-use solutions um, Apple's uh, vice president uh, for marketing, Greg Joswiak, said with the increased attention in this area, we want to offer customers an easy-to-use option to set their own personal volume limit. <laughs> so, I mean, I, 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 I don't even know why this is press-worthy. Um, and to just make a wide range, and you got the volume other than, other, than, other than the fact that they think it's pressworthy. Yeah, if I'm a responsible adult, then why do I need a device that I can limit myself of what I can do? <laughs> can I just not turn it up that loud? <laughs> can I just choose to not? Why would I want to create a lock for myself? What am I schizophrenic? No, I'm not that loud. Yes, I want to hear it that loud. <laughs> no, your ears can't stand it. Yes, they can. A little devil on the side, and a little angel on the shoulder. <laughs> you can turn and if it I'm, up <laughs> And if I'm not 18 years old And if I'm not an adult And I can't make these decisions for myself Then maybe the shit's not for me <laughs> You know, we've got to stop fucking making everything in society for the children Baby proof everything Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous, man I, I, Are you saying, what percentage of children is humanity? 20%? 25%? 
So the other three quarters of us have to have locks on our iPods and another fucking thing we got to figure out how to set and use. And what's the preset, by the way? Does it come to a preset that's good for me or is it high enough? What? Why do I need to know this? Because some seven-year-old may blow his fucking ears out? This is what you do, folks. Very simple. Write this down. I'll wait while you got a pencil. Okay. Don't give the iPods to the children. There you go. So problem solved. They don't fucking need them. They're kids. Well, where do they go? They don't even count, for Christ's sake. We can't just do everything, man. These fucking people say, oh, I don't want swearing on the fucking TV. What if a child wanders by and fucking hears it? Then turn the fucking channel, asshole. Don't put it on. Why should everybody else change for these small special interest groups? Raise your hands, everybody. If you're one of these people, every time you hear this shit on the radio about this coming out and this security lock being fucking introduced and this V-chip crap and all this shit, how many people out there instantly think to themselves, I'm not fucking using that? That's not for me. Who fucking uses that? Name one person you know who uses the fucking V-chip. Some wacko... Uh, a uh, nutball who gets a message from his church how to set the V-chip on your TV so the children don't hear the swearing? How many of them are there? <laughs> Can't they just change the fucking channel? Why does everybody have to change? Because one tiny little special interest group gets it in their fucking head. We got to protect the children. We got to protect them from sex. We got to protect them from violence. We got to protect them from crunchy peanut butter. The smooth is okay. But the crunchy, that's directly from Satan. <laughs> that's got to go. I mean, where do we fucking stop? Anything that fucking bothers somebody, they have to fucking add as a feature to electronic devices to, pr to protect the children? Ganook. It's enough. Enough with the kinder. Ganook. They're just kids. <laughs> President Bush expressed frustration. What's enough in German? Ganook. Ganook. Yiddish and Yiddish Ganug. President Bush expressed frustration today that Iraqis have so far failed to form a unity government. Bush is frustrated at Iraq. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Can you imagine the balls of that guy? He goes in. He tosses out their government. He runs out the president on a rail. He takes over everything. He sends in 150,000 soldiers. He starts snapping his fingers. Hey, guys, whoa, whoa, move it here. <laughs> How come you guys, after 5,000 years of warlords and a fucking tribal system, how come you're not making a fucking American-style democracy already? What the problem is? What's the problem? <laughs> what the problem is? Tea time. All right. Enough of that. He said <laughs> withdrawing U.S. troops from Iraq too early would damage U.S. security. What? I'm sorry. Are we, aren't we pissing them Excuse off me that more? again. If we take the troops out... That'll damage U.S. security? You mean the U.S. children that are in Iraq getting their asses blown up? That'll make it more dangerous for them if they're out of the country? I'm going to need to see the numbers on that. I want the Iraqi people to hear. He goes on to say, I've got great confidence in their capacity to self-govern, Bush said, which is nice. Bush, the retard that he is, he's got confidence. <laughs> I also want the Iraqi people to hear it's about time you get a unity government going. In other words, Americans understand you're newcomers to the political arena, but pretty soon it's time to shut her down and get governing. I swear to God he actually said this. Get shut governing. her down and get governing. 
This is the man who's talking for America on TV. Are you glad now you left? The successful creation of a unified central authority means key uh, remains key to the hope for start of an American troop withdrawal this summer, withdrawing U.S. troops before Iraqi security forces can protect the fragile democracy, however, would yield adverse results. Guaranteed. Here's my prediction. Are you jotting this down? Get out your... P- I'll wait for the... All right. Here's, here's my prediction. As soon as they withdraw all the troops from Iraq, civil war. I give it an hour and a quarter. And they lapse into a civil war. Because those people, you can fucking lead a horse to water, okay? Right. But you can't make them drink. Those people have been practicing this style of government and life and attitude for 5,000 years. It's the fucking Hatfields and the McCoys, you know, the famous uh, feud, Southern feud. That's what it is, man. When people get hate going into generations and then hundreds and thousands of generations, the hate becomes almost in your DNA, and these people are filled with such fucking hate. You think that the Jews hate the Arabs? Forget about it. You don't know anything about hate. You don't even know what hate is until you look at the Sunnis and the Shiites. You talk about how the fucking Germans killed six million Jews. They killed six million fucking Shiites for breakfast. They burn them in their fucking sleep. They chop their fucking heads off and they feed it their fucking heads to their dogs. They do the most unbelievably fucking heinous shit over there to each other. The Jews are just another fucking tribe. The whole fucking system is set up like a fucking Chicago gangland war <laughs> with, with, with godfathers at the head of every family. They call themselves imams or priests or mullahs, but they're just fucking... Warlords. Ringleaders. That's all. They each have their own private army. There is no country. There is no state. There is no government. There's just the word of some fucking wacko. And let me tell you something. You know what the wacko says when he gets up on stage and talks to the people? He does this kind of funky yodeling, this Arab yodeling, and it puts him in a kind of wacky doodle state. And they're like, arms spring out in front of them, boing. And they start walking around, yes, imam. Whatever you say, imam. <laughs> and the fucking chicks hold up the, 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 the uh, um, uh, you know, babushka over their faces and do the yodeling. It's freaky. <laughs> they get them into a fucking hippotized. In other words, Americans understand your newcomers. The successful creation of a unified central authority remains the key. While it might sound attractive to some, it would be disastrous consequences for American security, Bush said in his third speech in the month, trying to bolster public support for the war. If democracy fails, Bush predicted that the terrorists would use Iraq as a base to overthrow the Middle East and launch further attacks against the United States. So, in other words... If, if the United States fails in this war, this is the reason why the United States would be less safe. Are you ready for this? Then Iraq will become terrorist central. All the terrorists will run to Iraq because Libya, Syria, and uh, you know Saudi Arabia, and Egypt, and Iran are not enough, apparently, for them <laughs> to converge in willy-nilly. Pakistan, I forgot to fucking mention, where Osama bin Laden is hanging out. 
being protected <laughs> over there. There's a fucking 50 million bounty on his ass. Jesus. And they're, and they're still fucking protecting him. So, but if they let Iraq fall, then there'll be this, it'll become like a vacuum and all the terrorists will run it. I have a great idea. How about don't invade the country in the first place then? <laughs> and it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be just what it was. So is he trying to say that by invading Iraq, he made the world a much more dangerous place? In other words, like invading Iraq was like stepping on a mine so that you can't take your foot away because then it'll blow up. Right. Well, who asked you to step on the fucking mine then, stupid? <laughs> Bush spoke to Freedom House, an independent organization that supports democracy worldwide, before flying to Cancun, Mexico, to meet with the uh, Mexican President Vincente Fox and Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper, Congressional Democrats, meanwhile, proposed a strategy today for protecting Americans at home and abroad, an election year effort aimed at changing public perception that Republicans are stronger on national security. Lots of luck on that one. Hey, you're tuned into the Rovings of Acclaim this Wednesday, March the 29th, the year of our Lord, 2007. Hanging in the Jester Radio chat room with Sid the Neighbor. Why not stop by if you're so equipped? Also, Bob the Engineer has asked me to remind you that the request lines are open. Tell us what you want to hear. We'll get it on the air within 15 minutes, or I have my left testicle surgically removed live on the air without the benefit of anesthesia. <laughs> it's easy to get to uh, Jester Radio request uh, page. Simply point your browser to www.jesterradio.com, and when you arrive... You will notice that along the top is a handy navigational bar. Uh, along that, just point to where it says request. And if you can't figure it out from there, we don't want you. <laughs> That's how easy it is. If you can't figure it out, if you're looking at that thing and you go, I just don't know what to do, turn off your computer. <laughs> we can't use you. Uh, what else do we need to tell? We need to... Uh Mention what said the neighbor won for the trivia from yesterday. Oh, I think he knows by now. Something very, very I think magical. he's already had that magical experience. Many times over. I mean, just now, knowing that he... Knowing that he get, get, got the correct answer. I see. John Lennon on Jester Radio. Woman is the nigger of the world. Don't fuck with that dial. Is the leader of the world Yes, she is Think about it Woman is the leader of the world Think about it Do something about it We make her paint her face and dance Slave and say that she don't love If she's real, we say she's trying to be a man While putting her down, we pretend that she's above us
Just the radio woman is the nigger of the world. If you don't believe me, just look at the one you're with. <laughs> She's the slave to the slave. That one goes out to Sid the neighbor. Congrats. Something very magical and special is happening to you right now. It's Wednesday, March the 29th, the year of our Lord, 2012. You're tuned into the Roovings of a Clone <laughs> on Just Radio. Hanging with Lordison, just running back in after tapping a kidney there. I got to tell you, man, I got up after the show. Maybe it was last night. Must have been. And I took a piss. It was like a fucking (laughs) broken fire hydrant, man. (laughs) I think I was urinating for like a full 320 seconds. 
I don't know what the fuck was going on, man. I was like, whoa. And it was going the whole time like like it was like, you know, like a racehorse, like trying to fucking get out of me as fast as possible. I thought the hole may have opened up a little bigger than usual even. You felt the stretch, did you? Yeah, it was freaky, man. It just kept going and going. You know, the worst part of it is... After so long, you, you run out of stuff to think about while you're standing there. Oh, my there. God. It's, you know, that's the reason I don't like to go to the bathroom. It's so fucking boring. We've got to do some more shit about spicing up the fucking toilet, you know? Maybe putting a TV in there or something. Or... Just so boring fucking standing there, man. How much of our fucking lives have we wasted standing and pissing into a fucking toilet bowl? You know, remember this Afghan guy who faced the uh, death penalty for converting from uh, Islam to Christianity received full asylum in Italy today despite requests by lawmakers in Afghanistan that he be barred from fleeing the conservative Muslim country. They wanted to keep him in the country so that he would get killed in the streets. They couldn't prosecute him because the world was watching. So they found some kind of bogus technicality, you know, and said that he was crazy he had mental problems and they let him go but they said they wanted to keep him in the country but he snuck out wise man and uh, arrived in rome days after he was freed from a high security prison on the outskirts of kabul after a court dropped charges of apostasy against him for lack of evidence and suspected mental illness apostasy of course is a part of sharia law and it means that you've abandoned islam and the penalty for doing that? Death. Death. This is the same law that says if you steal an apple, you get your hand chopped off. The case has attracted wide attention in the West and has led to calls by the United States and other governments for the Afghan government to protect the 41-year-old convert. Of course, all the Christians are coming out of the woodwork, you know? Right. They love this story. It also inspired an appeal by Pope Benedict XVI to Afghanistan President Hamid Karzai and efforts by the UN to find a country to take him in after Muslim clerics in Afghanistan threatened his life, saying that his conversion was a betrayal to Islam. Rahman was in the care. By the way, that's a good tip-off. That should be on the top ten list of how do you know that a religion is like a cult? If you decide to quit, they kill you. That's not a good religion. No. Well, the Buddhists don't kill you. They'll they'll pray for you or they'll feel sorry for you. But they won't kill you. Once you're in. And you're what kind, in. and when you think about it, what kind of sense does that even make? Oh, you no longer believe the same thing we believe? Okay, you die. <laughs> sure, we understand. We chop off head. No problem. Motherfucker. <laughs> Roman was in the care of Italy's Interior Minister Premier Silvio Berlusconi said this evening he's already in Italy. He said, I think he arrived overnight. I'm sure he took the fucking red eye. He couldn't get out there fast enough. The Premier declined to release more details. The Interior Ministry said Roman was under protection. He had better be because they got them fucking Muslims every which way. Oh, yeah. They got Muslims in Italy. Don't worry about it. Conversion is a crime under Afghanistan's Islamic law. Rahman was arrested last month after police discovered him with a Bible. Now, that's actually not the correct version of the story. I mean, that is correct. But why did they even come into his home and discover him? Because he got into an argument 
with his sister. This is true. By the way, you know when he's supposed to have converted? Three years ago. Oh. Didn't like just happen last week, and then they arrested him. He converted three years ago, but his family ratted him out because he got into an argument with his sister over his nieces. So they said, you know what, fuck you, and we're calling the cops and telling them you're a Christian. <laughs> and they came and they caught him with a Bible. He was brought to trial last week, faced the death penalty for converting um, 16 years ago, it says. Uh-huh. I thought it was three years ago. While working as a medical aid worker for an international Christian group helping Afghan refugees in Pakistan, I think he finally made the official conversion just a few years ago. Under heavy international pressure by the United States and other nations that helped uh, oust the hardline Taliban regime and provide uh, aid and military support for Karzai, Rahman was released from prison on Monday. So the only reason they let him go is because... You know, the United States complained and the United States did, you know, kind of did him a solid by <laughs> getting, solid. getting rid of the Taliban and all. President Bush and others have insisted Afghanistan protect personal beliefs. Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice told Karzai last week and appealed for a favorable resolution of the case. So it's, a, it's another one of these situations where the United States knows what's going on. They give a wink and a nod. And they say if it's a high-profile case, you have to toe the line. But otherwise, feel free to chop off as many hands as you see fit. <laughs> We're okay with that. Prosecutors said al-Qaeda conspirator Zacharias Musawi killed Americans on September 11, 2001 by lying to federal agents weeks earlier to keep the plot secret. Defense attorney called him an al-Qaeda hanger-on, only dreamed that he had a role in the worst terrorist attack in the nation's uh, history. Summarizing 10 days of testimony in a tumultuous sentencing trial, lawyers painted sharply divergent views of whether the 37-year-old Frenchman was responsible for any of the nearly 3,000 deaths on September 11th. And a jury of nine men and three women retired to decide whether he should be eligible for the death penalty. They went home after an hour of deliberations. Isn't that what he wants, though? He wants to die. He says he doesn't want to spend a day in prison or die in prison. That is what he said. So we should definitely put him in prison. Uh, you know, I got all kinds of reasons to put him in prison, not the least of which is that if he goes on death row, that's like being Elvis uh, in jail. You Send get the fucking a- best treatment. You get a single fucking cell with HBO and free weights and as much homosexual sex as you can swallow. <laughs> Let's it- send him to Guantanamo Bay. Just fucking no. Just send him to general population oh, at go. at at uh, you know any one of them you know with a hundred uh, uh, prisons around the you know penitentiaries around the United States. He'll get boned up the ass for a couple of years, and then somebody will slip a shiv between his ribs, and uh, that'll be that. Bye, bye, Frenchman. Yeah, because he's not like a real fucking you know bad guy. He's just a fucking weasel. So they'll fucking mow him down like a steamroller, this guy. He won't be able to protect himself in jail. He's a tough guy when he's, you know, driving a fucking 747 into an office building. But, you know, around a couple of couple of dozen of those white supremacist motherfuckers, believe me. He'll be set straight. Huh? He'll be, they'll set him straight. <laughs> Prosecutor David Raskin told the jurors they can be sure of Musawi's lethal intent. Because he admitted it right here in this courtroom in bombshell testimony the other day. Defense attorney Edward McMahon, of course, you remember on Monday he stood up 
and said, yes, I was supposed to be on that plane. He just said everything. He, his lawyers, I'm sure, begged him not to say, uh, including that, yes, he knew all about it, and he was supposed to fly a plane into the White House. Um, defense attorney Edward, Edward, Edward McMahon countered that Musawi had told a plethora of lies to aggrandize himself. You can't believe anything this man says. <laughs> McMahon said, man, that's when you, got, you know you got a bad client, when you have to call him a liar to the jury <laughs> after he testifies. McMahon said FBI headquarters refused to investigate what uh, one tremendous field agent discovered about Musawi after his August 16, 2001 arrest. At a Minnesota flight training school, agents also ignored far better leads about the September 11 plotters during the summer of 2001, he said. There's no evidence the government would have behaved any differently than it actually did, no matter what Musawi said or what he did. So they're saying, you know, the government had better leads. They knew that something like this was happening. And even if he said, oh, there's 20 of us planning to fly airplanes into the World Trade Center on September 11th. Even if he had said that, nothing different would have happened. Yeah. Eh. I'm sure. I'm sure they wouldn't have put a couple of extra cops on the World Trade Center that day. <laughs> or maybe a few extra, you know, air marshals, you know. Well, we don't believe there's a conspir- conspiracy behind all of it. Uh, that, uh... Of course. That's why all the Jews stayed home. <laughs> Did you ever hear that one, by the way? No, I didn't. That was a very popular one in New York City, and I understand it's still very popular in the Middle East, that all the Jews stayed home on September 11th. That's why no Jews were killed on September 11th. Didn't you know that? It's like a missing hit for those guys, isn't it? Since they're all about uh, eliminating Jews. That's a, uh, but but the, all the Jews didn't stay home, bonehead. They're saying, <laughs> it, they, they're saying the Jews did it. Uh. And, that, and, that's, and, the, and to prove it, that's why no Jews were killed in September 11th, because they all stayed home. The Jews did it just to blame it on the Arabs. Right. <laughs> that's why they did it. That's what, they, that's what the rumor says. I see. I've heard this. going. It's been going around for years. Never heard it. Well, you're not running with the right group, my friend. Indeed, I'm not. Two fired New Orleans police officers. Folks, if you haven't seen this video... Of this poor fucking bastard, this like old, you know, 50, 60 year old um, school teacher walked up to a cop to ask like directions in New Orleans and they beat the fuck out of him mercilessly. Have you seen the video of this? You got to go get it like a Google video or something. Never even heard anything about it. Well, the cops now are being indicted. Two fired New Orleans police officers and one current officer were indicted today in the videotaped beating of a retired teacher in the French Quarter last fall. The October 8th beating of Robert Davis, 64, was caught on video by an APTV news crew covering the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. Three officers were charged with battery and other offenses. Davis spent more than an hour testifying about the beating, which left him lying on the street, hands cuffed, and blood flowing from his head and face. Afterwards, he told reporters that he still has headaches and back problems, and even had to interrupt his testimony to take medicine. There's a little drama for you. The retired elementary school teacher said that he was a private citizen here on business. Returning to my home, there was no need for what happened. Davis said he had returned to the storm-struck city to check on his property and was looking for a place to buy cigarettes in the French Quarter when cops grabbed him. Videotape shows an officer hitting Davis 
At least four times on the head, Davis twisted and flailed as he was dragged to the ground by four officers, 64-year-old geezer. Look at this picture of him. They dragged this poor nigger to the ground. Looks like a nice guy. Looks like a, like a school teacher. Uh, videotape shows an officer hitting Davis at least four times in the head. One officer kneed Davis and punched him in the face. District Attorney Eddie Jordan declined to say whether he showed the video to the grand jury, but he called it very important evidence. A very important part of the evidence, by the way, is when the cop tried to get the reporter to stop shooting. And he threatened him and came after him and shit. And all that's on video, too. (laughs) So, yeah, these guys, you know, what happens is they get so fucking used to beating the shit out of people with impunity that they just like forget that it's against the law. I always say, you know, it doesn't matter what the fucking laws are. Cops love new laws because they don't have to follow them themselves anyway. It's just more shit to arrest people for. So, you know, you think to yourself, you know, why do cops, you know, enforce these stupid laws? Because they know they got to know they must be wrong. The cops smoke pot and cops drive drunk and, you know, cops do all this shit. Cops go over 55 miles an hour. Well, because cops don't get arrested. They're they're completely uh, allergic to the law. They're all in it together. Bastards. I hate cops. Passionately. You were arrested recently, weren't you? Twice. <laughs> Looks good on my resume. And when you and and these laws that you broke, were they truly things that you did to harm anybody or steal or Oh no. They're just technical breakings of the law. Yep. <laughs> Going over a certain number because somebody picked an arbitrary number to say you can't drive over. Another thing to control. Mm-hmm. Or somebody, you know, I think they were both about numbers, more or less, weren't they? That one was the uh, illegal U-turn. No. Oh, yeah, that's not numbers. The crazy-ass laws. Yeah, that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was your fault. Hey, you're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. It's uh, Wednesday, March the 29th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Hanging with the Lord of Sin behind the glass. Sid the Neighbor in the Jester Radio chat room. Request lines all open and free. Tell us what you want to hear. We'll get it on the air, blah, blah, blah. This one goes out to Espo. It's a quaint little story about a gentleman who ran around telling everybody that there was something uh, serious going on. In this case, he had learned through various measurements and testing and uh, calculations that this rock that's been hanging over the town for like, you know, a thousand years is about to fall and kill everybody in the town. And they all just fucking ignore him. And they tell him, you know, and uh, of course we'll see what happens, won't we? Harry Chapin on Jester Radio. Don't touch that dial. The rock is going to fall on us. He woke with a start. And he ran to his mother, the fear dark at his heart And he told her of the vision that he was sure he'd seen She said, go back to sleep, son, you're having a bad dream Everybody knows the rock leans over the town Everybody knows 
that it won't tumble to the ground. Remember Chicken Little said the sky was falling down. Well, nothing ever came of that. The world still whirls around. The rock is gonna fall on us. He stood and told the class. The professor put his chalk down and peered out through his glasses. But he went on and said, I've seen it high up on the hill. If it doesn't fall this year, then very soon it will. Everybody knows the rock leans over the town. Everybody knows that it won't tumble to the ground. With more important studies than your fantasies and fears. You know that rock's been perched up there for a hundred thousand years. He told the magistrate, I believe that we can stop it, but the time is getting late. You see, I have done all the research, my plans are all complete. He was showing them contingencies when they showed him to the street. Is near. Everybody knows that life goes on as usual around here. He went up on the mountain beside the giant stone. They knew he was insane, so they left him all alone. He'd given up enlisting help, for there was no one else. He spent his days devising ways to suck the rock himself. The ground began to rumble, the rock trembled on the edge. The rock is gonna fall on us, running all the crushed. And indeed, the rock was moving, crumbling all the dust. He ran under it with one last hope that he could add a prop. And as it disappeared, the rock came to a stop. The people ran into the street, but by then all was still. The rock seemed where it always was, or where it always will be. When someone asked where he had gone, they said, oh, he was daft. Who cares about that crazy fool? And then they'd start to laugh. But high up on the mountain, when the wind is hitting it, if you're watching very closely, the rock slips a little Show you everyone is the time. 
Argent and the Zombies on Jest Radio. Yeah, that's usually pretty much the same questionnaire I give a chick when I first meet her. What's your name? Who's your daddy? <laughs> Is he rich like me? Uh, before that, uh, Harry Chapin, The Rock, goes out to Espo. You tune into The Ravings of a Clown this Wednesday, March the 29th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Hanging with the Lord of Sin. How's everything down in uh, hell? <laughs> well, we're not meeting the quotas. We got to step it up a notch. You got to be kidding me! Oh no, there's not enough evil in the world. <laughs> no, he said in hell. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, isn't that where people go when they're evil? They go to hell. Oh, not all the bad people get to come. Excuse me. Yeah, I thought that's what it was all about. All the bad people go to hell. Oh no, we're choosy. <laughs> You gotta, so some <laughs> of the bad people go to heaven? Is that what I'm hearing? I, I don't know. They'll probably get denied at the gates, too. You know, we got this whole little process going on. Well, think about it. That's fucking crazy, man. Can't figure that sh- whole system out. <laughs> Showing the judge he's working to become a new man, disgraced lobbyist Jack Abramoff was sentenced today to nearly six years in prison for committing fraud in the purchase of a fleet of gambling boats. 
He's a new man. Why is this whole, why do we have this wacky system where if after you commit the crime, you say you're a new man, you've changed since you commit the crime, everybody goes, oh, okay, well, then it's not that big a deal. I don't get it. Isn't the punishment supposed to be about what you did before, <laughs> not how you're a new guy now? I, don't, I just don't get that. Yes, he committed the crime, but he's so sorry now. He's a, he's a new man. If you saw what a different person he was than the one who beat those children with chains and then hacked off their heads with the butt end of a shovel. But he's so different now. Well, of course he's fucking different now. Now he's different. <laughs> it happened. Yeah, why wasn't he different before? <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> uh, and and, and is, aren't we supposed to be punishing him? For what, aren't we supposed to be punishing him for what he did before? Not, I just don't get it, man. <laughs> Is it me? No. So, no. Fucking with the settings on the, um, on the mixer. Ah! Is that too loud? Ah! <laughs> Is that your mating call? Ah! Still getting some of that buzz up there. Is that how you got the ladies, the icebreaker? Ah! <laughs> it's my mating call. <laughs> he will remain free while helping prosecutors with a vast bribery investigation involving members of Congress. This ought to be juicy. Abramoff, 47, and former business partner Adam Kadan, 41, received the minimum under federal guidelines. Five years and ten months to prove once again that if you're rich... Uh, then there's a different fucking brand of justice for you. The two pleaded guilty earlier to conspiracy and fraud for concocting a fake $23 million wire transfer to appear that they were contributing their own money toward the purchase of the $147.5 million Sun Cruise Casino's gambling fleet. Based on that fraudulent transfer, lenders provi uh, provided the pair with $60 million in financing. Oh. Now, if you and I went out and swim and and uh, dummied up a phony twenty three million dollar wire transfer in order to get sixty million dollars off a fucking bank, then the next time anybody would be you know talking to us would be fifty or sixty years from now. These two guys got off with five years and ten months. Abramoff told U.S. District Judge Paul C. Huck that he had started the process of becoming a new man. I'm very much chastened and profoundly remorseful. Abramoff said, I can only hope that the Almighty and those whom I have wronged will forgive me my trespasses. <laughs> you must be joking. <laughs> People only say that when they're caught, man. If he got away with it, you think he'd be? He'd be snickering in the corner, <laughs> filling out that application, <laughs> going to hell. In the corner. <laughs> he and Kadan, let me ask you something. Would you take this guy? <laughs> no. no. He's slime. He's still, He's, not slime bad. Ball. He's still not bad enough. He and Kadan were also ordered to pay restitution of more than $21 million. Both must serve three years probation after they get out of prison. Abramoff pleaded guilty in the Sun Cruise fraud in January. The same week, he pleaded guilty in Washington to defrauding Indian tribes and other lobbying clients out of millions of dollars. He also agreed to cooperate in a corruption probe that could involve up to 20 members of Congress, including former House Majority Leader Tom DeLay. What a surprise. Another fucking uh, hot soup that DeLay finds himself in. No date has been set for sentencing uh, on that. He'll probably get to leave the country. 
The judge said Abramoff and Kadan will not have to report to prison for at least 90 days so they can continue cooperating with investigators in the corruption case and the slaying of former Sun Cruise owner Constantinos Gus Boulis. Boulis was gunned down in 2001 at the wheel of his car uh, amid a power struggle over the gambling fleet. Three men faced murder charges, including one who worked for Kadan as a consultant at Sun Cruise and who allegedly has ties to the Gambino family. The Gambinos. Hamas formally took power today with Palestinian President Muhammad Abbas swearing in 24 cabinet members, including 14 who served time in Israeli prisons. 14 of the 24 members of the of the Palestinian Hamas are fucking jailbirds. <laughs> Soon after the ceremony, Canada announced it was suspending aid to the cash-strapped Palestinian Authority. Fucking way to go, Canada. Other nations were expected to follow suit, but Canada was in there first. Good job, boys. State Department spokesman Sean McCormick said, the United States is looking for ways to get humanitarian aid to the Palestinian people, but we're not going to provide funds. Why? Why Why provide aid to the Palestinian people? They're the ones that elected the Hamas to the fucking government. Why are we sending them aid? Let them know that that's how they isolate themselves in the world when they do shit like that. If they want to elect this fucking government, then why should we give them free cheese? I just don't fucking get it. (laughs) Maybe I'm not supposed to understand. I have a whole little Hitler view on this whole thing. Yeah, what's that? Just wipe them all out. Well, you know, I tell you, man, I understand the temptation to do that, but (laughs) I can't condone, you know, the wipage. (laughs) Although it's, believe me, it's very, very tempting. We're not going to provide funds to a terrorist organization. We're not going to provide U.S. funds to a Hamas-led government. With Hamas now at the helm, the Palestinian government faces a crippling international economic boycott, may run into immediate difficulties next week when March salaries are to be paid for some 140,000 government employees. And they don't have the fucking money that they've been getting from the rest of the world. Palestinian Authority gets a large part of its approximately $1.9 billion annual budget from overseas sources. Without money from the Arab world, Europe, and the United States, a Hamas-led government would be nearly broke. The newly installed Palestinian Information Minister, Youssef Rizka, called the Canadian action hasty and said that it shows obvious bias. Well, duh. (laughs) No shit. (laughs) And by the way, that's hasty in the good sense, obviously, because you can't move too quickly on something like that. When a terrorist organization takes over the government, it's you can't quickly enough cut off the funding as far as that's like practically my motto and to say it shows obvious bias i think that belongs in the no shit file <laughs> obviously yes we're biased against murderous lunatics <laughs> call me guilty what we need from the canadian government is that they ask the israeli authorities to admit that they're occupying palestinian land he told the associated press that's all that's all we want we want canada to tell Israel that they're on our fucking property. What's the big deal? Canadian Foreign Affairs Minister Peter McKay said the government had no choice. You know, check your fucking uh, calendars, folks. Check your history books. It's the other way around. The Jews were there first. And the Jews own the fucking land. There's nobody in the world that doesn't see that except for the people that are sitting off in the fucking backyard that have been thrown out by Syria and their Arab fucking brothers. Nobody in the world believes that the land belongs to them, aside from them. 
You know, imagine if, you know, you're living in a fucking house, you get into a dispute with a fucking neighbor, and as part of the settlement for the deal, he has to give you some of his backyard. Well, sitting on his backyard are his fucking in-laws, and you have to take them in. And when you say, you know what, you should go back to your other property over the side, the other family says, no, 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 we don't want them. You win. You win them. You win the whole fucking package. You got to take the whole package. And then imagine if the in-laws after a couple of years started saying, by the way, that's our fucking house you're living in. And this is our land. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. The stated platform of the government has not addressed the concerns raised by Canada and others concerning nonviolence, the recognition of Israel and acceptance of previous agreements and obligations, including the roadmap for peace. McKay said, as a result, Canada will have no contact with the members of the Hamas cabinet and is suspending assistance to the Palestinian Authority. However, Ottawa emphasized that it would continue giving humanitarian aid to the Palestinian people through UN and non-government organizations. So lots of luck with that UN food. For the first time in more than 100 years, California condors were spotted nesting in the northern part of the state. Condor couple was found on Monday displaying typical nesting behavior inside a hollowed-out redwood tree in Big Sur, a mountainous coastal region south of Monterey. For the past 10 years, when this sort of thing comes up, turned out to be just in my dreams, said Kelly Sorensen, the group uh, uh, Wildlife Society, Ventana Wildlife Society's executive director. Now it's a reality. This is what this guy's been dreaming about all this time. He closes his eyes. He locks the bathroom door. He could think about anything he wants. Fucking Jenna Jameson. But no, he's thinking about a couple of fucking eagles and Big Sur. The male and female took turns guarding the nest every two or three days, never leaving the nest unattended for more than several minutes, according to scientists. Although the view into the cavity is very limited and we can't actually see the egg, we strongly suspect they have an egg based on their behavior. Otherwise, they're wacky condors. Scientists <laughs> have worked for years to bring the condor back from the brink of extinction. Ventana, a nonprofit group, began releasing condors into the wild in 1997, now monitors population of 38 condors in central california the last known condor egg in northern california was collected in 1905 in monterey county and let me tell you something man it was delicious they put a little (laughs) a little cheese and some tabasco sauce in there what was like this big huge omelet from just one egg you're fucked up you know that major league (laughs) baseball will investigate alleged steroid use by barry bonds and other players and plans to hire former U.S. Senate Majority Leader George Mitchell to lead the effort. Baseball official told Jester Radio today that final plans were to be announced at a news conference tomorrow. The official spoke on condition of anonymity because he wasn't sure who Jester Radio was. Selig's decision to launch the probe, first reported uh, today by ESPN, comes in the wake of the book Game of Shadows, a book by two San Francisco Chronicle reporters detailing alleged extensive steroid use by Barry Bonds and other baseball stars. The commissioner has said for several weeks that he was evaluating how to respond to the book. Hmm. So everybody's all fucking in a panic now. They go, 60 years, nobody can fucking, you know, uh, hit more home runs than Hank Aaron. All of a sudden, this guy hits like 60 fucking home runs during, like, spring training. And no one noticed <laughs> that he must have been. And let me tell you something. I don't know if you've noticed, but ever since I started taking the steroids, it's been making me very cranky. Really? Yeah. I see shrinkage. So I have, plus a tiny little wiener now, 
which is what happens. You get like big fucking muscles, and you get a teeny little winky. <laughs> You're listening to the Rovings of Acclaim this Wednesday, March the 29th, the year of our Lord, 2093. Hanging with Espo, Sid the Neighbor, in the Jester Radio chat room. Please don't fuck with that dial. It's a little uh, Neil Diamond for you. my eyes I can almost hear my mother calling Neil go find your brother that is home and it's time for supper and I see two boys racing up two flights of staircase Squirming into Papa's embrace And his whiskers warm on their face Where's it gone? Oh, where's it gone? Two floors above the butcher First door on the right And life filled to the brim As I stood by my window And looked out on the Brooklyn Roads I can still recall Smells of cooking in the hallways Rubbers drying in the doorways And report cards I was always afraid to show Mom would come to school as I'd sit there softly crying Teacher'd say he's just not trying Got a good head if he don't fly But you know yourself It's always somewhere else I built me a castle With dragons and kings I'd ride off with them as I stood by my window and looked out on the Brooklyn Roads. Strangers' faces and all the scars that love erases. But as my mind walks through those places, I'm wondering what's come of them. The son of a young boy come home to my room. Does he dream what I did? Stands by my window and looks out on those Brooklyn Roads Brooklyn Roads 
And the sign said, long-haired, freaky people need not apply. So I took my hair up under my hat and I went in to ask him why. He said, you look like a fine, upstanding young man. I think you do. So I took off my hat and said, imagine that. Scenery breaking my mind. Do this, don't do that. Can't you read the sign? Five Man Electrical Band on Chester Radio goes out to Uncle Jay, hanging with uh, said Jay Espo, Sid the neighbor in the Chester Radio chat room. And you're tuned into the ravings of a clown this Wednesday, uh, March the 29th, the year of our Lord 2006. Drunk driver just a hundred yards from Australia's iconic giant monolith. Uh, which used to be known as Ayers Rock, stopped police to ask which way to the rock. <laughs> <laughs> Headlights of the man's car were actually shining. <laughs> 
on the Uluru, which has a 5.8-mile circumference. 44-year-old man whose car was also towing an aluminum boat has been charged with junk driving and unlicensed driving. (laughs) He pulls up to the monolith, which is a national treasure, and there's thousands of cops standing around, you know, because it's a tourist spot, you know. (laughs) And the guy says, hey, uh, Ossifer, could you tell me how to get to the big rock? (laughs) And the guy says, please step out of the vehicle. Sir, calm down, sir. <laughs> Please remain calm. And then he threw his shit fit, started kicking the car. <laughs> South African dominatrix has given up her battle to live in a vicarage, telling the church's congregation they can shove the residents. <laughs> the Pretoria News says Marianne Ellis has been renting the manse, or vicarage, at the Doomkloof Neuter Dweets uh, Jeremfermid Kirk. Go ahead, help me out with this, dude. Doom. Don't cloth. Neither did the Guerrera for Merda. Then Kirk. Near Pretoria, what does Kirk mean? I don't know. Near Pretoria, for some time, when church elders discovered her sideline as a local dominatrix, and they asked her to get the fuck out. Alex, Ellis and her husband had first sought to fight the church in court, but yesterday she decided to back down, according to a newspaper article in some unpronounceable newspaper. It's a long story, but basically I'm tired of fighting. Really tired. They can take their mans back. In fact, they can shove it, she told the paper. Ellis, who said that uh, she was promised a long lease and an option to even buy the vicarage, had earlier showed reporters her torture chamber at the house, (laughs) but said that she had never had sex with her clients and was not running a brothel. So she hit their penises, but she never sucked them. Following the dispute with the church, Ellis told the Pretoria News that she was temporarily calling a halt to her career, but I will crack the whip again after we've moved, and I'll be back with a vengeance. She's cracking that fucking whip. She's a dominatrix for a living. That's okay. Can't have sex with people. For money. But you're allowed to let them hit you with a whip and wear fucking boots. I'm sorry, man. You people, I'm sorry. If only you could stand where we are and see this, what we're seeing, man. It's just tragic. It's tragic. And, you know, every time I, I read one of these fucking stories, I think to myself, somehow the deer in the fucking woods are all getting along without wearing high heels <laughs> and fucking each other up the ass with pearls. Why can't we just fucking live like normal creatures? And you know what the answer is? Because we didn't evolve like this. We don't fit inside our own skin. Aliens came and fucked the monkey. (laughs) And we're some kind of, you know, uh, mutant. We're curious. That's all. Come on, man. We let people fucking hit people for money, but we won't let them fuck people for money. That's that's. I don't even know where to get started with that fucking story, man. It's so heartbreaking. Now you're talking. I'd pay to watch. How much? How much to watch? I don't know. Oh, it's like half the price. (laughs) It's like I look. I don't want any pain. I just want to see the dumbass that's paying for it. (laughs) Getting those nuts fucking. That's got to be funny, man. To see some fucking hot chick whipping on some fucking guy. (laughs) Yes, beat me with that two by four one more time. Chained to the fucking wall, hitting him with a fucking two by four. Oh my god! I'd pay twenty bucks for that. No problem. Plus, you know, like five bucks a beer. 
Come on. That's got to be. That's entertainment, folks. You're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown. It's Wednesday, March the 29th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Bob the Engineer has asked me to remind you that if you've missed any portion of this evening's program, we've got to put this on tape. Yeah. Uh, Come on, Bob. Then uh, we just, uh, if you've missed any portion of this evening's program, then you're shit out of luck, folks. Sorry, can't help you. You should have fucking tuned in sooner. That's what he should. That's what Bob wants me to tell you. <laughs> Get your fuck. What do you got going that is so important? You can't sit down for two hours and listen to the fucking radio. <laughs> Don't be silly. Um, also, he's asked to remind you that um, our new podcast is available. You can check it out at iTunes, podcast.net, Podcast Alley, and a variety of uh, podcast listing services. Or you could just go check it out at justaradio.com. Follow the instructions, and it uh, practically does itself. I don't even know what that That's means. Right. If you're tuned in listening through Live 365, you should know that Live 365 is going away very soon. Uh, tomorrow? Yeah, I think it's tomorrow is our last day on Live 365. So in the future, just head over to JesterRadio.com, click on the radio icon in the upper left-hand corner, follow the instructions to listen with any player you have on your computer, whether it's Windows Media Player or Winamp or any one of the fine players. We have full instructions for a real player we can do. iTunes. iTunes we can do. That's it. Okay. No, we can do any of the other players that are compatible with any of those programs, which there are many, many more. I want to send a quick shout-out to uh, Roscoe for taking care of that perimeter alarm. Good work, man. Let me tell you something. He's a good nigger. We don't talk about him too much. Roscoe, of course, provides security for Jester Radio Studios, and he's on the job. We had a perimeter breach earlier on in the show. Practically, we didn't hear anything but a level three alarm. No. And that was practically it. They dragged him off. I understand uh, we got a note that uh, he was beaten to a bloody pulp and left for the uh, those uh, Californian condors to, right. to nosh on. Roscoe seemed a bit upset when he was coming back in. He was worked up, but we, you know, he's over in the corner now smoking a huge spliff. Now he's chilling out, so he's doing all right. Is Bob supposed to be hanging out with him? Bob is not supposed. Bob. Who's starting the records? I don't know. Yeah, this is the problem Rick. we have here. Now, Bob is supposed to be behind the uh, board, but I guess I have another I have another little emergency auxiliary board here. <laughs> so I think we'll be okay. Spencer Davis Group on Jester Radio. You're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown, coming to you from a secret location outside your universe.
is the motivation that is hanging up The goddamn nation looks like we always end up in a rut Everybody now trying to make it real compared to what Killing hoes, twisted children are killing frogs. Poor dumb rednecks rolling logs, tired old ladies kissing dogs. I hate the human love of that stinking mud. I can't use it, trying to make it real compared to what. What it's for Nobody gives us a rhyme or reason Half of one doubt They call it treason We're chicken feathers all the way
that be and where's that honey? Where's my God and where's my money? Unreal values a crass distortion. Unwed mothers need abortion. Kinda brings to my old young king cut. He did it now. Trying to make it real compared to what? Rod Benninger, Billy Betty, Ed Harris, Les McCann and Ed Harris on Jester Radio. Prezo Dan, he's got his war. Folks don't know just what it's for. Nobody gives us rhyme or reason. Have one doubt. They call it treason. We're chicken feathers all without one gut. Trying to make it real compared to what? They wrote that about the war in Vietnam. It's like deja vu all over again. They head home. They definitely do. It's the same shit that's going on now. Yeah. Hey, you're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio this Wednesday, March the 29th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Led Zepp before that whole lot of love. Spencer Davis Group started that set with Gimme Some Lovin' featuring Stevie Winwood. Even in this uh, over-the-top town of Las Vegas, Nevada, for uh, famous for all-you-can-eat spreads. Nobody has ever seen anything quite like this. 40 soups, 100 different salads, 150 desserts, perched on a 500-foot maze of tables. It was enough, 510 dishes in all, to qualify yesterday for the Guinness Book of World Records' largest buffet. Can you imagine the two of us... <laughs> Oh, man. At that fucking buffet <laughs> right after a fucking spliff. We'd be there for a couple hours. I'm interested in trying some of the desserts now, said tired and hungry Guinness official Nadine Causey, who flew in from London to certify that the Las Vegas Hilton executive chef George Barginson 
had assembled at least 500 unique offerings to create the new record buffet. Bargason spent 24 hours straight overseeing the mammoth spread, which included dishes from a dozen different ethnic cuisines, offering everything from salmon wellington to fried alligator. Mm -hmm. Pumpkin pie to baklava and pistachio truffles. I was in town anyway and thought it might be fun to come by, said tourist Marianne Ruiz, 56, of Seattle, as she headed to her table with a plate overflowing with Leonese potatoes, curry chicken, a pile of Waldorf salad, bowl of gazpacho soup, and a slice of apple pie. <laughs> she going to town. She fucking hocked it in. It was seven fifty ahead, and uh, all the money was donated to uh, hunger relief charity America's Second Harvest. <laughs> hunger relief at a giant ass buffet. That's great. <laughs> oh, the irony. <laughs> I tell you, I, I love buffets, but I got one complaint. The plates are so fucking small. You know they what are. Sam used to sneak into his office before dawn so no one would know how many extra hours he worked. Charles goes on all-night work binges to meet deadlines. And Susan can't say no to volunteer projects, social clubs, bridge games, choral singing lectures, and classes. Each one is a member of Workaholics Anonymous 12-step recovery program for compulsive workers based on the structure of Alcoholics Anonymous. Each one opted to keep their identity secret. We told them nobody was listening anyway, but it's been the addiction that a Sikh society applauds, says Mike, a physician and member of the group known as WA. People brag about it and say, I'm a workaholic. He says, but workaholics burn out and then you've lost them or they become very dysfunctional and bitter and cynical in the organization and corrosive. I guess that's a problem you and I are never going to suffer from. <laughs> Workaholics Anonymous keeps no central count of members, but organizers estimate. Because if they did, they would be like a fucking... the perfect place to, rec to recruit employees. <laughs> they estimate dozens of weekly meetings are held in the United States as well as in Germany, Switzerland, Austria, and Britain. The group also sells about 100 books about WA a month via its website, according to the organizers. Hi, my name is Fred. I'm a workaholic. <laughs> and, uh, apparently, the number one book on the fucking uh, you know list is "Don't Work So Hard." <laughs> take some time, relax. You have head take, back permission. Take a lewd. Listen no, that's to the radio. <laughs> that's number one. Head back head permission. Head back permission. <laughs> WA's roots go back to 1983 when a New York corporate financial planner and a homeschool teacher founded a group based on AA, but uh, designed to fight compulsive working. WA identifies workaholics as people who are perfectionists and warriors, derive their self-esteem from work, keep overly busy, neglect their health, postpone vacations, and overschedule their lives. Workaholics don't even have a job. They don't even have to have a job. They can just be compulsively busy as they seek an adrenaline high to overcome feelings of inadequacy and low self-esteem and to avoid intimacy, it says. Weekly meeting in New York draws an average of a half a dozen people in a city that may be considered the hotbed of workaholism. By the way, why is it workaholism? Isn't the hall part from alcohol? Why isn't it just workism? Why do they have to have a hall? Isn't a hall from, from booze? Why is it chocoholic? Why isn't it just chocic? <laughs> You're addicted to chocolate. Chalk yeah, why isn't it chocism? Why is it chocoholism? People think it's funny. He said it's amusing until you hear their stories. 
There have been so many people who have come and work is destroying their lives. Sure, they're getting six people a week. <laughs> Imagine all the stories. There's six whining fucking... But by the way, these can't be the hardcore workaholics. Otherwise, they wouldn't have time for no meetings. Right. By the way, you know what uh, the difference is between an alcoholic and a drunk? Alcoholics want to quit? Or... No, no. It's technically the difference is that the drunks don't have to go to any of them pesky meetings. <laughs> <laughs> German police discovered a truant teenager at home in bed with her boyfriend after a neighbor spotted someone going into her window and reported a, reported a burglary today. Thinking he had witnessed a break-in, the neighbor called the cops who sped toward the would-be crime scene with their sirens blaring. But these two were just fucking away. They were like, the two of them were like, oh, there must be some crime somewhere. <laughs> Keep fucking. When officials uh, arrived, the girl's mother told them the room belonged to the 15-year-old daughter who was off at school. But further investigation revealed that the mother was wrong. Oh, yes. She wasn't looking at school books. The thick she buttons. was in bed with her boyfriend and presumably learning something else. <laughs> according learning? To, according or... to Frankfurt police. Yeah, he was teaching her. Unless she knew. <laughs> no, he was teaching. <laughs> Lift up that left leg. Oh, is that how we do it? <laughs> how, do you, how do you say that? Kyle. <laughs> you know, I have a sneaking suspicion that while they were having sex... You know, sometimes lovers talk to each other in the throes of passion. Yeah. I have a feeling he was saying, Honey, I've got a great idea. She was like, What? Hans. Hansel. <laughs> and he says, Why not? Let's kill all the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. Don't fuck with that. Die.
Dormouse said, Grace Slick on Jester Radio and uh, the Jefferson Airplane before they were the Jefferson Starship, before they were the Starship. Steppenwolf before that. Magic Carpet Ride, you've been listening to the Rovings of Acclaim this Wednesday, March the 29th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Extra special thanks go out to Sid the Neighbor, the world-famous Sid the Neighbor. His name is spoken in over 130 countries each and every evening. Uh, thanks to Espo, Uncle Jay, and all the folks that stopped by the Jester Radio chat room. Thanks to you, Lord of Sin. Oh, you're welcome. For stopping by and uh, gracing us with your wit and wisdom. <laughs> or lack thereof. <laughs> Extra special thanks to all the folks tuning in this evening from the United States, Canada, Germany, United Kingdom, Australia, France, Spain, Argentina, Netherlands, Malaysia, China, People's Republic of... And Japan, no, uh, nobody from uh, Barbuda and Antigua tonight. <laughs> now we can really tell what we think about them. <laughs> Those fucking Antiguans and Barbudans. They got like some kind of a jester embargo <laughs> going on. <laughs> Sons of bitches. <laughs> Fuck them. What the hell? We don't need them. We're going to stay on the air without them. Also, Bob the Engineer has asked me to remind you to give till it hurts, folks. Simply... Head over to www.justradio.com. Find that donate button. There's a picture of me holding it up, a big sign that says donate. And just keep mashing on it repeatedly every time, you know, uh, you give us a buck or two. The second time tonight. Some people, we have another intruder alert. This one's a minor intrusion. I don't think Roscoe can take this one. Look at him. <laughs> He's blown. He's in a panic. <laughs> Um, when you click on that PayPal donate button, you could simply send us uh, a little donation, maybe a buck or two, um, or fifty or five hundred. We received a generous donation from a loyal listener last week for five big ones. Nice. That was nice. Remember? Oh yeah. We got a little pepperoni on our pizza that night. Mm, 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 mm. Also, while you're there, check out our brand new podcast. 
which is just the latest thing. And if you're not into podcasting, it's very cool. You can download the show and copy it onto a CD or your MP3 player and take it with. Not your children, though. It's not for the kinder. Not everything is for the kinder. You know, you wouldn't go into the store and say, honey, this is a lovely set of knives. Oh, but too sharp. <laughs> It'll hurt one of the kids. Yeah, but I'm cutting the chicken, honey. <laughs> I got to cut. No, no, we need something dull. <laughs> like a shovel. A child may <laughs> stick it in his mouth. I have an idea. Let's just teach the children not to play with the knives. No, no. They <laughs> too may, complicated. <laughs> too complicated to teach. They may just have the knife. (laughs) Make the cut. So, yeah, Jester Radio is not for the children. There's plenty of things. There's Disney Radio, which is very wholesome. If you want something for the children, there's like Nickelodeon Radio or something. I don't know what. Honestly, don't know what the fuck (laughs) there is. But there's got to be something out there for the children. Otherwise, turn off the fucking radio. Play with your kids. Don't blame me. I got nothing to do with it. Oh, yeah, Bob has asked me to remind you to please leave it on Jester Radio 24-7. It's good for you, and it's good for us. So don't be stingy. Walk away from your computer. Leave it going. Can't hurt. And uh, also, if you missed any portion of this evening's program, it will be recast at 2 a.m. and then again tomorrow at 2 p.m., unless you're listening to it at 2 a.m. or 2 p.m., in which case it's today at 2 p.m. Or if you're listening to it at 2 p.m., then it's like already like 4, a little after. <laughs> so pay no attention. Uh, check your local listings, uh, all times Eastern. Thanks so much again. Uh, be uh, impeccable with your word. That's the number one thing. Speak with integrity. Say only what you mean. Don't take anything personally. Don't make any assumptions. And always, always do your best. We will meet in that place where darkness never comes. That's my solemn promise to you. Until that time, Eustace. Until that time. Good night. Night, night. See you tomorrow. Ain't it just like the night to play tricks when you're trying to be so quiet? We sit here stranded. We're all doing our best to deny it And Louise holds a handful of rain Tempting you to defy it Lights flicker from the opposite loft In this room the heat pipes just cough The country music station plays soft But there's nothing, really nothing to turn off Just Louise And her lover So entwined And this vision Of Johanna That conquer my mind Empty lot where the ladies play Blind man's bluff with the keychain And the all-night girls They whisper
me someone that's not a parasite And I'll go out and say a prayer for him But like Louise always says You can't look at much, can you, man? And she herself prepares for him And Madonna, she still has not showed We see this empty cage now, Carole Where her cape of the stage once it flowed The fiddler, he now steps to the road He writes, everything's been returned which was old On the back of the fish truck that loads While my conscience explodes Of Johanna are now all that remain. I remember you well in the Chelsea Hotel You were talking so brave and so sweet 